0: Welcome to the Show Me Institute podcast. I'm Zach Lawhorn from Show Me Opportunity, and today I'm joined by Susan Penegrass, Elias Chappellis, and David Stokes from the Show Me Institute. Elias, there's been a lot of talk this week in Jefferson City about two different tax credit programs, the film tax credit and the entertainment tax credit. And I want to start with just reading a quote from uh, one of the state reps about the film tax credit, and they claim that Missouri has lost out on three billion dollars to the state of Georgia because Missouri in uh, 2013 discontinued this film tax credit program. So I would like you to uh, be the apologist for the state of Missouri and why did we let these billions of dollars just walk to Georgia?
1: Well, that that is pretty tough. I would uh, I would definitely be uh, looking to the whoever whoever came up with that number to uh, kind of back that thing up, but. Um, really, we know a lot about these film tax credits. Uh, Missouri had them. We got rid of them over a decade ago because they don't work. Um, and, you know, Georgia, to their credit, they are giving a lot of money towards these film tax credits. Just a few weeks ago, I finished watching the show Ozark, um, you know, showed the great state of uh, Missouri, um, but actually it was filmed in Georgia. And, you know, they paid a lot of money for that show. And there's a lot of shots of Jefferson City and real shots of Lake of the Ozarks. And to a lot of people, they wouldn't necessarily know that. And so, you know, when there's all these studies that come out, audits from the state of Georgia, from Missouri, uh, commissions from the state of Missouri showing that these things didn't work. You know, it shouldn't be surprising that these film tax credits aren't actually a good return on investment for states, because how could how could it show how could the uh, show Ozark? actually be uh beneficial to the state of Georgia when the whole point is showing that it's the state of Missouri and you know what these what these reports have all shown states are only getting back roughly 10 10 15 cents on the dollar for their investment and you know Despite the movie industry wanting these things, it's not a good deal for state taxpayers.
0: And so just to back up for people who aren't familiar with this, these are it's a tax credit program that states offer production companies. If you bring your production, your TV show, your movie, what have you to the state, we will reward you with tax credits, right?
1: Yeah. So it's basically if you agree to film a portion of a show, a movie, something that's over 30 minutes long in the state of Missouri, uh, you will get essentially 30 plus percent of your production expenses and um, in, in the form of tax credits and so um, that has become a way that states have lured production companies to their state under the guise of you know promoting tourism or something like that. but really what has happened it's kind of this race to the bottom idea where every state is trying to give more and more money to different production companies um, to you know film something there whether it is you know promoting, anything in the state, or providing any sort of benefit to the people that live there.
2: And and there's probably no tax credit that's as carefully studied as these film tax credits, probably due to the high-profile nature of them, the same reason that they're so popular, and I use air quotes with the word popular, but, I mean, they're just terrible. And the ease and speed with which they're moving through the legislature this year, supported by people who ostensibly should know better and believe in markets and capitalism is absolutely, uh, it's infuriating because it's so studied state after state after state uh, that they just do not work. They don't produce jobs. They don't produce economic growth. They take taxes from all Missourians, subsidize one particular relatively minor industry, certainly are good for the production companies. They're good for the people who get the short-term jobs on the film, but there's no sign of growth. If you're going to centrally plan state investments in the film industry, I don't know why we're not centrally planning set into ice cream stands and hot dog stands and electrical contractors. Why aren't we centrally planning all of this? Well, I know why, because central planning of the economy doesn't work. Yet to see it, be just because it's hip, popular, or whatever... It's, it's a terrible proposal, and the entertainment tax credit, which is closely related to it, which is going to benefit one company new to, new to St. Louis and Chesterfield, which opened up last year and immediately started demanding state subsidies for their project. The fact that we're now on the precipice of subsidizing that as well, is well, we're already subsidizing it by St. Louis County. The fact that we're on the precipice of a state subsidy for it, too, is appalling, and uh, extraordinarily frustrating
0: well and on the film tax credit i want to make sure to emphasize something that Elias said that missouri had this program and so we've run the experiment and there were there was a commission right a, a state commission that in 2013 looked at the program and they were pretty clear that it did not do what the proponents of this program say that it's going to do right
1: well, that, that's the reason that these, at least to me, the reason that these film tax credits coming back it would be so incredibly frustrating. You know, this was an example of something where Missouri looked at these economic development incentives, realized it didn't work, and got rid of it. And the idea of bringing these back, this is not some, uh, you know, program Missouri got rid of because it wasn't working, and then they came up with a new idea to try it again. This is the same idea, again, <laughs> the one that we already knew failed and it's coming back to benefit the same people. Um, and you know, there's no reason to expect any sort of different results.
2: It's like getting an invitation to some guy on his like seventh marriage. Like, all right, you might, you might want to go have a little fun at the wedding, but let's not actually expect it to last or succeed here. All right. It's just a, it's awful. Well,
0: and it's interesting in, in one of the bills and I think it's the, the show me act, um, the some of the language is uh, you get the tax break if you hire Missouri residents or if the production positively markets Missouri. So the examples that we've been hearing in this discussion a lot, you hear about Gone Girl, um, not exactly an inspiring portrayal of Missouri. Ozark, obviously
2: not exactly an inspiring portrayal of Missouri. What was the other? What was the other movie about the drug dealers in the in the Ozarks? Not not the show Ozark, the movie with uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, the name is escaping me again. Not a good, not a good representation of Missouri. Like maybe if we want to positively market it, we should cut a check to a the from eighty years ago to meet me in St. Louis. That was a very nice. It was a very nice presentation of Missouri to the rest of the world. There,
1: there's also just the very strange component of this. Of now, there's going to be someone in Jefferson City just receiving a pile of scripts and saying. Oh yeah, this this is this is a good this is a good description of what it looks like at the Lake of the Ozarks. They're, they're definitely gonna like positively portray Cape Girardeau in this one. Like, I mean, that sounds like an interesting job, but I don't I don't necessarily know if that's how we should be deciding the amount of money these uh these films should be getting.
0: Right, and then finally, to move on, David, I want you to say a little bit more about the entertainment tax credits. This would be for so the idea is that you 're going to have these facilities they 're building one built one in Chesterfield, and this would lure acts to to uh,
2: rehearse to to stop here on their tour to stop here on their tour to to practice to rehearse that 's what it 's designed for it 's based on a place in Pennsylvania that has this with an enormous subsidy in Pennsylvania, and apparently because the people of Pennsylvania have decided to subsidize it with tax dollars the people of Missouri should too what the most frustrating thing out of many at the hearing earlier this week in favor of this this uh really short-sighted tax credit was people in favor of it kept saying they're just trying to level the playing field as if as if somehow Missouri is not at a level playing field to lure these acts. There's only one other state that has the tax credit, and it's not a border state. Like, the, per- the playing field is perfectly level for Missouri here. It's just well, the things people get away with saying when they want to spend government money or increase the government's role, they can just put out, put out absolute garbage and people just, people just let it slide. And it's, it's, very, it's very frustrating.
3: I think they just want the cool people to come to Missouri even if we have to pay them.
2: No, like, I, if we I think just that's
3: pay yeah. the cool people to come, then maybe we'll get some celebrities, some movie stars will be, you know, floating around our cities and towns and and we'll feel like we, we're cool even though we kind of paid them.
1: I just I just wish that was more explicitly what, you know, people were saying. I mean, yes, let's film Gone Girl again that will, you know, contribute a variety of conversations for years to come. But I mean, this idea on this entertainment industry tax credit there as david mentioned there's only one state that's done this and um after it was implemented the state of pennsylvania audited this program and they've already said this thing is not working the only place in the country that created this program started it said this is really only benefiting the one place that um, these credits go it's enriching them greatly but the return on investment for the state of pennsylvania is about 15 cents on the dollar. It's not a good idea even the place it started and now Missouri needs to follow them uh, down this path.
0: All right. Well, so the bills passed out of Senate. That's where we're at.
1: There's one there's one more vote in the Senate, but yeah, the bill has been perfected and there are similar bills uh that are separate in the House that have received hearings. And so, um yeah, there's far more momentum on these uh bills than there have been in years past. I don't know what is you know led to this push but yeah it's definitely disconcerting
0: okay and the uh film david was thinking
2: of was uh winter's bone winter's bone 2010 wonderful wonderful movie if you've never thank you zach it was just gonna kill me if i didn't if i didn't think of that but a great great movie with or without missouri tax credits right
0: all right, Susan, you have a new paper up at showmeinstitute.org, State and Federal Funding for Public Education in Missouri. It's kind of a holistic look at the 2023 budget for public education in the state. Uh, it's a companion piece, I would say, with your website, moschoolrankings.org. What are some of the things that people should keep in mind as they read this report?
3: Not as interesting as Winter's Bone. That's what I would have to say. It is it is a lot. And I think when... So the way that this was going to happen was this papers would get released first and then we did the website. This paper is the money that comes from the federal government and the Missouri uh, revenue and goes in to the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education. From there, most of it gets distributed out to school districts. And then the website picks up from there, the st- school districts get the money from the state and how do they spend it? So it's sort of like two pieces to complete the, the whole view of spending on public education in Missouri. However, this piece is, um, you know, it's long, it's not easy to sort through. Uh, again, I think I got pushed back on the website that the spending per student numbers were too high. And I keep wanting to remind folks that those are not my numbers. Those are somebody else's numbers. I've just put them up and reported them. Similarly, the fact that I just think it's, ironic that I'm getting initial reactions of it's too complicated. Yes, it is. It's extremely complicated. The 2023 budget is $10.3 billion. Now that's just federal money and state money. That's not local money. And that, you know, that money comes in to the department and gets distributed back out. And that's, you know, that's a lot of money, $10.3 billion. Normally, it's about 6 or $7 billion. This year, it's much, much higher because of the stimulus money which will be going away in the next year or two. So this is a really big budget. It's complicated. And um, a lot of it goes to programs that the legislature routinely, year in and year out, add a program here and a program there. And so you pick up something like, and I'm really agnostic on these things. I'm not trying to be judgmental, but the teacher of the year program, let's say, that gets picked up, it becomes permanent. Some money goes there. Then you have a, there's a Troops to Teachers program. There's a Teaching American History program. There's uh, um, mental health counselors in, say, St. Louis and Kansas City. I'm giving you one or four examples of, there's probably 100 in this paper. So the money goes out all over the place. What has happened over time, which, you know, for people who study this makes perfect sense, the bureaucracy grows. The budget grows, the places the money goes to, the, the number of places grows, and it becomes so complicated that the people in charge of it, the legislators, can't even understand it. You know, the the DESE budget request every year is about a 1,000 pages. It is long and complicated. It is hard to understand. I spent a couple of weeks just trying to do that a year ago. Um, And finally understanding enough to put it into this paper to try to build a spreadsheet that might make you with some shading and bold and whatnot, be able to understand where the money comes from and where it goes to. But, yeah, it's definitely complicated. Um, We break it back down by the two divisions of Desi, which are finance and admin and the division of learning services. Then we break it out through the offices under the division of learning services. And we break it out by whether it's going to um, Desi personnel costs. Desi expenses, cost, and equipment or being distributed out to districts and programs. And we break it down as to where the money came from, general revenue, other Missouri revenue, federal revenue, or federal stimulus revenue. So it's a lot. Um, We're going to try to, in the next week or so, put together some pictures, some easier to understand sort of bites at this apple so that folks can begin to, if they want, understand it. But I, I just can't stress enough, like, this is the responsibility of the legislature. They are responsible for that $10.4 billion and getting it to the right place. So if it's too hard for them to understand, then we have a real problem.
0: Yeah. And I think you described it perfectly that programs get added. And I mean, like you said, you're agnostic about the programs. Maybe they're they're great programs. Maybe we need them, but you just keep adding them and adding them and adding them. It's important that We review this stuff, and like you said, that policymakers specifically who are in charge of being good stewards of the budget sit down, understand, and really um, have a grasp on where all of this money, this $10.4 billion is going.
3: Is there a simpler way to do this? Could we do this in a way that we simply attach money and funding to a child, like a lot of states have begun to do? And you look at the child or the family circumstances to say, if the child lives in a house below the poverty line, or if they have a disability, or if they're learning English as a second language, give them more money. And you you literally distribute the money to the student instead of through this massive massive monster of a system and expect to get the result that you're going for. All
0: right. That's state and federal funding for public education in Missouri in 2023. That'll be up at showmeinstitute.org. David, there was uh, some movement this week on freezing property tax value evaluations for assessments for seniors. Uh,
2: Thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. down. Absolutely. There's a multiple bills in Jefferson City right now. There are many bills filed each year. There seems to be even more this year. They do it various ways. Some bills freeze the assessed valuation of people when they turn 65 or 67. The, the age changes slightly by the bills. Uh, one bill we're testifying on next week freezes the tax that they pay, not the assessed valuation, but the tax that they pay. So there's different ways to, to approach it. But any way you approach it, it's, it's bad public policy. Uh, I see no reason why similarly valued homes in similarly in similar neighborhoods uh, should pay different ta- property taxes based on whether somebody's 35 or 60, 68. Uh, that we've seen in California with their famous, some people would say infamous, Prop 13 passed in the late 70s, that it did achieve its goal. It made... It made it easier for seniors to maintain in their homes for a long a long time. That part was true, but it, it caused a lot of other problems. It resulted in... I mean, it's not like California is a low-tax state. California is arguably the highest tax state. It just has all the other taxes except the property taxes for long-time homeowners. Uh, and there's many other issues with it that we write about at showmeinstitute.org. So this certainly... So, as I said in a blog that I think is up at showmeinstitute.org, this this might surprise people but if you realize that that I feel this way that but if you if you it's so consistent with everything we write about that whether they be sales taxes or property taxes I don't want to say income taxes because we'd like to largely get rid of them completely but for property taxes especially you need the base to be wide you need the assessments to be accurate, so that you can have the rate as low as possible for everybody. You don't want to give senior citizens freeze their assessment or their tax, which is essentially just a tax increase on everybody else. Uh, that's all. That's all it is. So it's a. It's very. It's very poor public policy. To uh, to there's lots of changes I'd like to see with property taxes. I most of all when it comes to reassessment. I'd like to stop individually reassessing every house. Like, I don't see any need to give everybody their own individual assessment. And if it goes up a set amount, require a personal inspection of the house, which is never actually a personal inspection. But, you know, they just stand in the front yard and claim it's a personal inspection. I'd like, we have Zillow, we have computer technology, we have the realtors. I think we should just do this based on an average based system, either by county or city or school district, some something, and just then say, look, over the last two years, real estate values have gone up, say, 10% in this area. We're going to raise everybody's assessment 10%. We're going to roll the tax rate back 10% so everybody's basically even. If you had some damage to your house and you deserve it to be lower, we have an appeal process. If you did an addition to your house that you have took out a permit for, we're going to make it a little higher because of that. You can do this, and then you can take the sort of the game of chance that every two years the assessment system comes as people who go up a little bit higher than average tend to get walloped by large tax increases. So that's, but this policy to freeze assessments or taxes for seniors at some age is a, a, Very, very poor tax policy.
0: All right, and our final topic, uh, David, you had an op-ed on the upcoming votes. April, it seems like a lot of cities are going to put on the ballot marijuana taxes, about a 3% tax on recreational marijuana. I think it was just a couple weeks ago that the state of Missouri um the recreational marijuana became legal. So what do uh voters need to know as they head to the polls in I mean uh, more than a month, but what what do they need to be considering?
2: Well, certainly throw a shout out to the St. Louis Post Dispatch for carrying my my op-ed earlier this week. Uh pot taxes could put municipal municipal kettles into the black. I really like the title. I came up with it myself. I think it was very clever. Uh so thanks to the Post Dispatch for running it. It's a piece about the, the way that we tax you know, things like cigarettes and alcohol that, that cause negative – even though they're legal and should be legal, uh, they have negative effects on society. So we address more than, say, a, buying a widget or a sneaker does. So we tax those things extra. And so the question is, what do you, what, should you do that? I think you largely should. I'm not telling anybody how to vote, but I think these taxes are very reasonable – and, and then how do you spend that money? Do you earmark it for certain uses as we generally do for tobacco? Or do we not earmark it and just put it into the general fund as we generally do for alcohol taxes? I think for a variety of reasons that I say in the, in the article, it's hard to sort of, unlike cigarettes, where health care is certainly the public health issue of cigarettes, marijuana and alcohol r- r- produce more of a varied series of issues. So I don't think earmarking them for one of them is a is a good idea. Independence is earmarking all their new marijuana taxes for a new police station, which I think is probably the worst example I've heard so far uh, to take marijuana taxes into a capital investment completely unrelated. I think that's, that's the worst idea. So shout out to you and Independence. Uh, and then the, the unfortunate question, though, and I got some comments on this from the, from the piece is there's an open question as to whether county taxes are going to be countywide or only in the unincorporated parts of, of that county. And that's a big difference for the total rate, whether a 3% tax will be on top of a 3% municipal tax or if it's a separate tax only in the unincorporated areas. The, I, I don't generally like the idea of taxing county taxes only in the unincorporated areas. There's lots of problems with that but I certainly am concerned with the tax getting too high because I don't want to see what they have in California where the taxes on marijuana are so high they actually still have an illegal market for it. And getting rid of the illegal market was one of the purported benefits of legalization in the first place. The California taxes are higher than what they would be in Missouri, so I'm not saying that will happen here. That's just a a concern. And that dispute over the county versus city is almost inevitably going to be settled in court. So, to be seen.
0: Can we use the marijuana taxes to fund a film tax credit program?
2: Uh, right about right like that. I'm surprised that wasn't a plot line in Ozark. And now that I think about it, they might have actually hinted at it in season two or three. There, you know, they get to the whole casino, and I mean, the the guys, the Bird families, lobbying Jefferson City like like crazy there. So I think that I think somebody could could figure out a way because right, there's no limits on on what the local funding can be used for at the state level, it is earmarked for, I think uh, the process of expunging old criminal records and some other, some other uses.
0: All right, let's wrap up. Susan, uh, what are you going to be keeping tabs on over the next week?
3: We still have some, uh, we have some open enrollment bills moving through the legislature. I'm hoping that uh, they get cleaned up a little bit, especially the house version and that they keep moving that and we get something done by the end of the session. And meanwhile, the 2024 Desi budget is moving through as well. So looking at both.
0: Eyes. Uh,
1: in addition to seeing if the Senate fully passes these uh, tax credits that we discussed earlier, uh, David and I will be heading to Jefferson city on Tuesday. Uh, the house is the special committee on tax reform is hearing a <clears throat> a proposal to Reform the state's Hancock Amendment, and uh, as we outlined in um, in our blueprint this year, the different pieces of the Missouri's Hancock Amendment—it's 40 years old—have gotten out of date, aren't really protecting taxpayers the way it was designed, and so hopefully, uh, hopefully, we'll have a good discussion on that on Tuesday.
2: And David. Not only marijuana taxes are on the ballot in April, but a number of cities are having use taxes on the ballot too. The use tax, as I think our listeners know, is simply a sales tax on online purchases I, I support use taxes in general the, the the most two interesting things about it a number of cities that have the use tax on the ballot, including chesterfield and and i and i don 't want to name the other cities because i i 'm not certain they had it last year but it's very frustrating to see voters vote it down just last year and then Chesterfield city officials and other cities and counties too Chesterfield's not alone in this put it right back on the ballot as if to say voters you made a bad mistake so we're going to let you we're going to let you try again and we're going to keep putting it on the ballot till you get it right i know there's a proposal uh, by state rep Ben Keithley in Jefferson City to put a time limit on vote on these proposals so that voters vote something down to to require at least a few years between when it can be put forth again. I think that's an excellent idea. And uh, I definitely think it's sort of galling the titties like Chesterfield would put it back on the ballot so quickly after voters reject it. And I'm not even opposed to use taxes.
0: Thank you all for listening. Plenty more at showmeinstitute.org. Find your school spending and performance at mostschoolrankings.org. Find events under the events tab. Elias, Susan, David, thank you very much.